Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to a message from New King Church. We're a church located in South Burlington, Vermont, and our prayer is that this resource would help you find and follow Jesus. If you want to know more about our church and the ministries we have, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Amen. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. I am so excited about this day. Baptisms. This is an awesome and exciting day. Man, I still remember um, the day that I got baptized. I, uh, was, I was in college. Most of you have heard my testimony, how I came to faith. So I grew up in the church hearing, hearing the gospel, hearing much about uh, the Word of God. Um, I was baptized as a child in the church. Uh, upon a profession of my faith, but there was no real fruit, no real evidence of a life that was transformed. And in college, um, I'm still talking with my mask on. Man, habit. Um, in college, sorry, <laughs> habit, nerves, whatever. Um, in college, I started to really, you know. Uh, explore the faith and, and dive into the word for myself, and um, and you know started to really explore what is it to be a Christian because it, I, I started I had this sense the more that I that I dove into the Bible for myself I had this sense that um, that I I might not be one <laughs> even though I thought that I was and that it might be actually more than just saying a prayer and, and, and getting dunked. And I, and, I was, and I became convinced after a lot of study that, um, that I really had not ever met Jesus. I'd never been changed by the Holy Spirit coming into my life. I'd never truly known Him. It's a huge revelation. And I remember, I remember the pride that I had to wrestle through because I had to I, I had to admit to people that I've been a fraud. That's what it felt like. And maybe today, some of you, as you sit here and you process what you hear today, you may have to wrestle through some of that as well. If God convicts you and you've called yourself a Christian for a long time, I just want to encourage you to lay that down if that's you. If, if you begin to really wrestle with that pride that would say, ah, I don't want to admit that I've been wrong this whole time. Don't let that hold you back from what God wants to do in your life. So I, I, I put my trust in Jesus. I met him. I mean, the Holy Spirit came into my life. I began to drastically change, and I came across baptism in the scriptures, and I was studying it, and I became convinced, oh my goodness, I need to do this now. I was baptized when I was a kid, but I don't think I knew him. And this is clearly something that a person does after they've met Jesus, and I need to do this. And I didn't have a church yet. I had met some Christian friends, and I had visited some churches, but I didn't have a church. And, and I, so I didn't know what to do. So I called up my friends. It was, I, I, it feels like it was about 10 o'clock at night. I don't know. It was, I was a, a college student, so it didn't even matter. And I called my friends and I said, hey, guys, 
I got to get baptized. And they were like, awesome. When do you want to do it? I was like, well, now, right now. Can we, can we do it right now? And they said, yeah, we'll, we'll get together and we'll, we'll all get together and we'll baptize you. And so that is how I was baptized. And I just remember the joy and feeling like I'm doing what I'm commanded to do. I'm doing what I've been commanded to do. Um, I'm going to be in several places in the scriptures today. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app and you want to go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 2, I'm going to start out here, but we're going to look at a few different places in scripture. Um, And while you're turning to Acts chapter 2, let me pray for our time. Father, today is a special day, a wonderful day. Um, we, we, Lord, we want to celebrate because heaven celebrates. You tell us that when one person repents of their sin, the angels rejoice. What an amazing thing to imagine, these celestial beings, these powerful warrior angels celebrating over a person repenting of their sin and trusting in you. Lord, this is an awesome day, and this is a serious subject. So would you help me, Holy Spirit, to uh, do it justice? Help me to be accurate as I handle your word, Lord. Help us to have understanding and discernment. Would you move and work in our hearts and make adjustments in our thinking? And, and speak to us clearly. Lord, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the baby noises. I, I mean, you know, when you have five, it just feels like home when you hear babies. Um, okay, so Acts chapter 2, let me just kind of set the stage for you here. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the church, which which is the promise that Jesus had made to his disciples. He said, go and and wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father that I'm going to send to you. And this is what makes New Covenant Christianity what it is, the Holy Spirit being poured out and indwelling the church. So that happens and there's 120 disciples that this happens to. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and they're compelled out into the streets. And there's, a, there's a, a bunch of noise from the Holy Spirit coming down, like a rushing wind. And so this crowd gathers. And Peter, sort of the, the lead disciple, he steps up, and he delivers this gospel message. And he explains to this crowd who Jesus is. And that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came to live a perfect life, that He was crucified for the sins of the world, that He died, that He was buried, that He rose from the dead. He he delivers the gospel message, and at the end of it, the hearers, they're cut to the heart. They're, They're convicted. They recognize there's something I'm supposed to do with this message. And so they ask, what should we do? And then here is what Peter, who, let me just say, 
has been trained by Jesus. He's been at Jesus' side for three and a half years. He's been trained by Jesus perfectly for this moment. And now he's been given the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Christ has entered into him to give him wisdom and discernment. And here is Peter's reply when the question is asked, what do I do with this gospel? Acts chapter 2, verse 37, 38. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Goes on, verse 41 So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So, this is the beginning of the New Testament church. This is day one. The precedent has been set. What do we do with this gospel? Peter says, repent, turn away from your sins, turn away from doing life your way, and be baptized, not just some of you, not just those of you who are okay with it or comfortable with it, every one of you. It's so clear the precedent is set. And so from that point, this is the pattern all through the book of Acts. That day they baptized all 3,000 people. They They take 3,000 people somewhere and they baptize them. And this is the pattern all through the rest of the book of Acts. As you read the story of the church expanding and growing and more and more people coming into the kingdom, this is what you see time and time again. The gospel is preached. It's asked, how do I respond to this? And the answer is given, get baptized. What's that about? Why? Why this? Why was this the practice? Well, simply put, we can look back now, flip in your Bible to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. If you want to understand why, why was this the practice, you've got to see what Jesus instructed them to do. So Jesus has trained these disciples. He died on the cross for their sins so that they could be forgiven, so they could be cleansed. He is raised from the dead. He appears to them in many ways, and then he gives them these final instructions before he then ascends back into heaven. And here's what he says in his instructions in Matthew chapter 28, starting in Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's the, that is the command. And now he is going to unpack that command of how do you make disciples? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
This is the great commission. This is the marching orders for the church, for us. It's go and make disciples. How do you do that? Get them baptized. Teach them all that I have commanded you, Jesus says. You see that? Two things. Here's how you make disciples. You baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you teach them to observe all that Jesus commanded. That is how you make disciples. So we baptize because Jesus commanded it. Very clearly, this was the marching orders. We also baptize because Jesus modeled it. Flip a couple of pages over. Depending on your Bible, it might be one page over to Mark chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. Here's what it says. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son, With you I am well pleased. So Jesus modeled it. Jesus commanded it. It is one of only two ordinances that are given to the church. Baptism is one ordinance that's been given to the church, and the other is the Lord's Supper or communion, which we practice just about every week in here. So what is this about? So we know Jesus commanded it. We know we're supposed to do it. Jesus modeled it. What is it about, though? Baptism expresses union to Christ, and specifically, it expresses union to Christ in His death, in His burial, and in His resurrection. Flip with me now a few more books towards the end. We're going to look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Baptism is the public expression, the public declaration of a person's union with Christ. So here's where we see this so, so clearly. Verses 1 through 8. What shall we say then? Romans 6, 1 through 8. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? You hear that? We're baptized into His death. We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death. In order that... Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if you have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the old in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. Baptism is a picture, 
of our union with Christ. Now, a question that maybe you're asking or have asked before then is this. Does baptism save you? And the answer is no. Simply the answer is no. What, by the time we get to Romans chapter 6, there's been a lot of doctrine laid out. In Romans chapter 4 and in Romans chapter 5, it's been made very, very clear that a person is justified by faith in Christ. A person is justified by faith and faith alone. Baptism, however, is an expression of that faith. It's a picture of that faith. It's an outworking of that faith. James chapter 2 makes it very clear. Faith without works, without some action, is dead faith. it's, It's not alive. And so, baptism is... It is faith in action, you could say. I mean, and so for a New Testament believer, a first century believer in Jesus, the question, are you a disciple, and the question, have you been baptized, were just the same question. Because if you are a disciple, surely you've been baptized. That's what Jesus said. Make disciples, how? baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. You see, these, this is the way that a person becomes a disciple is they are baptized. Why? Because of their faith, because of the faith that has united them to Christ, because of the faith that has united them with Jesus, they are compelled to obey him, and especially in the very first thing that he has commanded believers to do. You might say, I am a believer, but I'm not baptized, and I don't really want to get baptized. Well, I would say, you should do some real soul searching, because here's what the Bible clearly teaches. The Bible clearly teaches that Jesus states it very plainly, this is the one that loves me. He who obeys my commands. And when we have encountered the living God and the spirit of the living God has entered into us, we change. We want to please him. We want to obey him. We want to do anything and everything that he commands, especially the first thing that he commands. And so... If this for you is, a, is a, a, a barrier, if this for you is a, a, a block, I just would, I, I would love to have a conversation with you after the service today I, because, and I just want to say this lovingly, graciously, but firmly too. If you are not ready to obey Him in the very first thing He commands, then is he your Lord? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I command? So 
Baptism is us publicly saying, I am not ashamed. You know, it doesn't matter who sees it. It doesn't matter that maybe I claimed to be a Christian for years and years and years and years, and now I realize I wasn't. It doesn't matter that I was baptized as a child before I was really a believer. It doesn't matter what my parents are going to think about this. It doesn't matter what my friends are going to think about this. It doesn't matter what my old church is going to think about this. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about this because my Lord commanded me to be baptized, and I'm going to do it. When we get baptized, we are in fact saying, I'm a dead person. The old me is dead and gone, including all that pride that would keep me from obedience. That is what this is all about. We are united with Christ in his death, the old person crucified, dead judged in the waters of judgment. Listen, in the Bible, every time you see water, it's a picture of judgment. Think about the flood. Think about when the Israelites pass through the waters and come out the other side and the Egyptians are covered. The waters represent judgment. Our old self with all of its sin, with all of its rebellion, was crucified with Christ, united with Christ. And so what you're showing when you go under that water is that your old life and all of its sin and all of the judgment that it deserved is hanging on the cross. And there is a sign that says, paid in full. Is that not incredibly good news, church? And so when we baptize, it is a celebration. Because this is to show we have peace with God. No matter what wicked things we have done, it is buried, judged, gone. And we come up in newness of life, cleansed of sin, to walk with Christ. That is the picture that we're acting out in the physical. How do we baptize? How do we baptize? Well, I've been saying it this whole time. But specifically, why do we dunk people under the water? Why don't we just sprinkle people? Um, Well, specifically because the Bible says to do it this way. And it's, and it's very, very, very plain. And we just do what the Bible says. That's the way to live the Christian life. We just do what the Bible says. And the Bible, the word baptismo is to dip or submerge. It could also mean to die, D-Y-E, because you would take a cloth and you would dunk it in dye to change its color. And so it, it means, it can, it, it's also the same word that's used for drowning, to drown, which we're not planning on drowning anyone today. <laughs> Just your old life, we're going to drown your old life. 
It is to submerge. Um, the Bible's so clear on this. John was baptizing in the Jordan. Jesus, we just read in Mark 1, 9 and 10, it says that he went into the Jordan and he came up out of the water. And it's as he's coming up out of the water that he sees heaven torn open, right? In Acts chapter 8, Philip, the evangelist, he, he evangelizes this Ethiopian guy and the Ethiopian says, look, there's water. What would prevent me from being baptized? And it says they went down into the water, Acts eight thirty eight. They went down into the water. And then, of course, what we've just been looking at and considering in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it says that we were buried with him. And so, not to make fun of sprinkling, but when we sprinkle a person, does it, does it at all picture burial? Does it look like a burial at all? Not any of the burials I've seen. But when we go under the water, it's, it's a clear picture of being buried with Christ. So we, we baptize people by submersion. We do this to those who have placed their tr trust in Jesus Christ, not to people that have not, okay? So this, we believe that a person does this as a profession of their faith, which means that a little tiny child that cannot understand the gospel is not a candidate for baptism. This is a profession, a public profession of faith. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Did you catch that in Jesus' great commission? Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do we do that? Well, when we baptize a person, we are representing God. That's one aspect of it. We are saying, in the name of the Father. This is the authority was given to Christ. Christ gave the authority to the church to do this, right? He's commissioned the church, go, do this. And so, with that authority, we are baptizing a person. We are saying, this is what was commanded by the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We are also honoring the full Trinity when we do this, the full Godhead, because your salvation needed the Father. You were predestined before the foundations of the world, needed the Son. The Son came, lived a perfect life, died in your place, purchased you by His own precious blood suffered in your place. And then the Holy Spirit comes and regenerates your heart and gives you the gift of repentance, the Bible says. And you come alive and you believe, and then He empowers you to live a new life. This is the entire Godhead at work in your salvation. And so when we baptize a person, we honor the entire Godhead. We baptize in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, it's supposed to be a shorter message. I don't know how I'm doing on that right now, but um, why should you be baptized? Let me, just, let me just speak very clearly. If you have believed, you have been commanded 
It's that plain. And, and you can't claim ignorance anymore. If you have some questions, fine, come, come speak with me. But you can't claim ignorance anymore. And so what would keep you, believer, what would keep you from being baptized? Is it, is it pride? Let, let me just encourage you as one who had to wrestle my pride to the ground. Don't let that keep you from the Lord, from obeying His command. Is it that you just don't feel the weight of Jesus' commands? If that's the case, then I would argue that you're not really saved. I would argue that you are playing church, that you like the idea of being associated with the church. I'm not really sure why, but... (laughs) And and today, I mean, in our culture, I don't know why you would want to be, you know, it's a harder deal, right? Can I get an amen? But maybe, but maybe you do. Maybe you want to be associated with it because of your family, because of some friends that you have. I don't know. Maybe because of the way you grew up. I don't know. But I just want to, I just want to implore you, don't play church. Don't don't mess with this. This is sacred. This is sacred. We're talking about the things of God here. And what what we are dramatizing when we baptize a person is the most serious thing in all the world. That the Son of God, who was perfectly innocent... He was so holy. He was so holy that the people who watched his life wanted to kill him, wanted to snuff him out because they could not stand his holiness. That's how holy Jesus is. And he willingly laid down his life for you and for me for the forgiveness of our sins, because our sins deserve hell, deserve damnation, deserve eternal judgment. That is how serious our sins against God are. And there was absolutely no way to be saved, no way to be rescued, no way that we in our own strength, in our own power, or by our own good deeds could be saved. And so Jesus said, There's only one way. Perfect blood must be spilled. And so he became a man. He dwelt among us. He lived a sinless life. He obeyed the Father perfectly. And then he did just that. He spilled his own perfect blood as payment for your sins and mine. And then he was raised by the glory of the Father from the dead He walked out of the grave bodily. He walked the earth bodily for 40 days, appearing to many people by many signs and proofs. He ate meals with them. He talked to them and hung out with them. And then after 40 days, he ascended into heaven. And this is the good news this morning. 
because of Him and Him alone, because of what He has done, because of His perfect and incorruptible life, we can be saved from the wrath of God. We can be forgiven of all our transgressions. All of our wrongdoing can be wiped away. We can be clean in His sight and stand before Him holy and blameless. That is amazing. And baptism is all about that. And so what we're doing today should make us tremble and make us cheer. Are you with me? It should make us tremble because we are dramatizing the most serious, most awesome thing that has ever occurred on the planet, and it should make us cheer because heaven cheers. Amen? And so today, my last, my last little bit of time, I just want to implore you, if you have believed, be baptized. Be baptized because Christ commands it. And don't call Him Lord unless you're going to do what He says. So if you want to follow Him, I want to give you an invitation to do that. I want to invite you to do that. And you can be baptized. You can be baptized today. I didn't plan on this, but after thinking about this message, if you want to be baptized, come talk to me. We've got to, we're going to have a little time in between the end of worship and announcements and then baptizing. And barring the fact that you seem to be genuinely convinced that Jesus is the Son of God who died for you, was buried and raised, and that you're repenting of your sins, then hey, let's do this today. Okay? All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for the church. Thank you for this group of people, um, this local expression of your body. Lord, thank you for the wonderful gift of baptism, the public declaration of our union with you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and, and praise for what you did for us. I pray that you would help us to rejoice from the heart today as we celebrate these baptisms. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room or listening online who is wrestling with the gospel, help them. Help them to lay down their sins, to walk away from their sins, and to put their full faith and trust in you and be baptized. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.